Welcome. Here is this past Sunday's sermon from Grant Memorial Church. Let me begin by asking you a personal question. Have you ever tried to run away from God? Have you ever felt so angry at him or maybe guilty over something you've done that you've tried to hide from him? Now, you probably didn't physically flee from God, but maybe you ignored him by just not spending time with him, by avoiding things like scripture reading and prayer. Maybe you stopped attending church for a season or or stopped listening to sermons online because they reminded you of something that you wanted to forget. Now, you probably haven't been thrown into the sea by terrified sailors, but maybe you have journeyed through hard seasons in your life And you've thought to yourself, this is it. This is the part where God turns his back on me. This is the time when his grace runs out. Now, I'll be honest with you, church. I have. There have been times in my life where even though I know all about the grace of God in my mind, even though I've learned it from a young age, I have sometimes thought that I've run too far away from him or made too many mistakes for him to work in my life anymore. I have sometimes thought that God was done with me and that I couldn't go back to him to ask for help or for forgiveness. However, Our passage this morning is a powerful reminder that God never leaves us or forsakes us. It's a reminder that no matter what we've done or left undone in our lives or what's happened to us, God will always be with us and he will always bring us back into relationship with him through his grace and mercy. Our passage is a reminder of God's faithfulness to us in all seasons. And so as we gather virtually together this morning, we will be continuing our series on the book of Jonah. Now, we have already walked through an overview of this book together, and we've learned a lot from the first chapter. If you've missed any of the sermons up to this point, then I would encourage you to go back and listen to them, either on our church website or through our church's podcast. Now, this morning, as we read through the second chapter of Jonah together, we will be focusing on asking ourselves three main questions about difficult situations that we walk through in our lives. And we'll find the answers to these questions in the text. Those questions are first, what do I say to God? The second question, will he hear me? And finally, how will he respond? And my prayer is that as we learn from the word together, we will be reminded that we serve a gracious and merciful God, a God who brings us back into relationship with him and walks closely with us through all seasons of our lives, even when we mess up and even when we face hardships. So let's read scripture together. We're reading Jonah chapter 2 as well as Jonah 1.17, the last verse of the previous chapter. So beginning in Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Now, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. 
all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it encourages us and how it challenges us. I pray that this morning as a church, as we learn from your word together, Lord, that each of us would come away with a deeper understanding of who you are and the mercy and grace that you offer to your children. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's begin by reminding ourselves of the context of this passage. So in Jonah chapter 1, Jonah was given instructions to go and preach to the city of Nineveh. But instead of obeying God, he ran away and tried to escape to Tarshish on a boat. And while he was traveling there, God sent a violent storm onto the sea. And though the other sailors on the boat tried to save Jonah's life, they ended up throwing him into the sea so that the storm would grow calm. And this is where we ended last week, with a disobedient man running away from God, being thrown into the sea during a violent storm. Could you imagine a worse situation to be in? Could you come up with a worse ending for Jonah? This is certainly a low point in the life of Jonah. He has literally and figuratively hit rock bottom. Though he is a prophet, one called by God, he has run away from the God that he serves, and he is drowning in a sea of stormy water. As chapter one ends, it is reasonable to assume that we will never hear from Jonah again. And why should we? He has disobeyed God, tried to run away from him, and even put the lives of other people at risk because of his sin. And now he's been thrown into the sea, and this is before the time of life jackets and search and rescue teams. As we ended last week, it is fair to assume that Jonah could have and maybe should have died in the water. If you've ever been in a situation where you felt helpless, maybe that was even during a natural disaster, then maybe you can relate to how Jonah is feeling. One can only imagine the thoughts that went through Jonah's mind as he tried to grasp what had happened to him. And a lot of the language in our chapter that we'll explore this morning reveals to us that Jonah himself was certain he was going to die by drowning as, quote, the engulfing waters threatened him and the deep surrounded him. This is where Jonah finds himself. However, our passage this morning begins with the final verse in chapter one, which says, while he was in the midst of the sea, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, it's important to note that in the original Hebrew, this verse was actually included at the beginning of chapter 2 instead of at the, be- at the end of chapter 1. 
So in the original text, as the original readers would have read it, at the end of chapter 1, it looked like all hope had been lost. But then, at the beginning of chapter 2, something strange and unexpected happens. Jonah is swallowed by a huge fish. In fact, scripture tells us that it is the Lord who provided this fish. Now, this may not seem like salvation or protection. Maybe it seems a little bit like a worse situation. But to Jonah, this is what saves his life. This is his deliverance. Instead of drowning, as he definitely thought was going to happen, Jonah is kept alive in this fish for three days and three nights. And during this time, while he is in the depths, he prays the prayer that we read in Jonah 2. So this morning, we will explore this prayer by asking ourselves these three important questions. Now, for some of us, the answers to these questions may simply be useful information, something that you might need to remember at some other point in your life. However, I hope for most of us, especially those of you who are facing difficult situations in your lives, This may be exactly what you need to hear this morning. The answers to these three questions may be the answers that you have been needing to remember for a while. The first question that our passage addresses is, what do I say to God? Sometimes, especially if we are struggling or if we feel distant from God, it can be difficult for us to know what to say to him in the first place. Though we know that we are supposed to pray, we just may not know how to express ourselves. Maybe this is because we can't find the words to say or because we're afraid that we're going to say the wrong thing. And if we've been running away from God, if we've been hiding for him, or if we feel guilty or ashamed over mistakes that we've made, it can be difficult for us to talk to God. If you remember, over the summer, we walked through a series as a church called Honest to God. And during the series, through discussing different psalms, we learned over and over again that the Bible is full of examples of honest, sincere prayers. And here, in the book of Jonah, we find the same kind of honest prayer. Though Jonah glorifies and praises God in this prayer, he also uses strong, expressive language to describe the fear and desperation that he felt when he thought he would drown in the sea. In this passage, while he is inside of the fish, Jonah prays honestly to God. He is clearly thankful that God has saved them, but he also speaks clearly when he describes his terrified state of mind, when he thought he was going to drown. In verse 2, he says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. In verse 4, he says that he felt banished from God's sight. In verse 5, he tells God that he felt threatened and surrounded by the deep. In verse 7, he reveals that he thought his life was ebbing away. So though he ultimately praises God for his faithfulness, he is also honest with God about the fear that he felt. And this is a very useful example for us to follow. As well, when I first read through this passage, some of the phrases and language that Jonah uses as he expresses himself to God looked familiar to me. And maybe you noticed that too. I thought that I had heard some of these words and phrases before, and it turns out that I had. Jonah 
in this prayer is using a lot of language from the Psalms to express himself to God in an honest way. Here are a few examples. In verse 2, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. And this comes from Psalm 18, verse 6. In verse 3, he says, All your waves and breakers swept over me. This comes from a passage in Psalm 42. In verse 4, he declares, I have been banished from your sight. And here he is likely quoting a passage from Psalm 31. And then at the end of the prayer, in verse 9, he celebrates by saying, Salvation comes from the Lord, which is a reference to Psalm chapter 3, verse 8. So throughout this passage, Jonah uses a lot of honest language, but he also uses a lot of references to Scripture to express himself to God. So this passage teaches us that when we pray, we can use Scripture to guide our prayers, especially when we don't know what to say. When we can't come up with the words to describe what we are experiencing, scripture, especially the Psalms, can be very useful in helping us find the words to express ourselves to God. Now, it's important to remember that we can simply talk to God. We don't need to use anyone else's words. We are invited always to have honest conversation with him. But throughout the Bible, we find example after example of people praying to God by using scripture. And I hope that this can be a useful way for you to express yourself to God, especially when you cannot find the words to say. The second question that our passage addresses this morning is, will God hear me? So we know that we can be honest. We know that we can even use scripture to help guide our prayers. But there's a really important question we need to ask after that, that our passage does answer. Does God hear? hear us. Though we know we are invited to pray to God, we may sometimes doubt that our prayers are being heard or that he cares about them. Now, this is an important question for all of us to ask and answer, even if the answer feels obvious. For those of us who grew up in church, the answer to this question is one that we've been taught consistently from a young age. Of course God hears our prayers. That's a foundational belief for those of us that grew up in Christianity. It's taught all throughout scripture. It's a foundational belief. But if you're anything like me, then you've been through seasons of your life where you may intellectually know that God is hearing your prayers. You may know that that's the right answer but your situation feels so hopeless or overwhelming that you're really not sure if he's listening or if he cares. You may tell yourself that he's listening because of what you've always been taught, but maybe you've struggled to believe it. Maybe some of you are struggling to believe it this morning. But our passage addresses the topic of God hearing us, especially in the context of hopeless situations. As we've mentioned, it is quite likely that Jonah thought he was going to die by drowning. It seems to him as if all hope had been lost. Not only had he run away from God in the first place, now he finds himself on the verge of drowning. And during this time of total hopelessness from, quote, deep in the realm of the dead, he calls out to God for help. Now, any of us, would likely experience overwhelming fear if we were thrown into the sea and we thought that we might drown. But for Jonah, this situation is actually even more 
frightening. You see, in his culture, the sea was seen as a place of danger and darkness. There was a lot of fear surrounding open water, especially because people often died at sea in those days. As one commentator puts it, Jonah falling into the depths of the water is, quote, a symbol of total abandonment and hell. In fact, when Jonah references the realm of the dead in verse 2, the word that's used in the Hebrew there is sheol. And in Jonah's culture, this is a word that references the place where the dead go. In other words, Jonah thought of himself as already dead before God saved him. And this all speaks to the depths of the hopelessness and despair that Jonah felt when he called out to God. He was not simply in an uncomfortable or unfortunate situation. He had lost all hope and he assumed that he was as good as dead. However, having been brought to the end of himself, he cries out to God for help. So, While we know that we can be honest with God and we may have lots of examples in scripture of people expressing themselves to him, the other important question that our passage addresses is, will God answer me? And as we learn from our passage this morning, the answer is yes. God hears your prayers. No matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter how far away from him you find yourself In Jonah's situation, God hears his prayer and he answers it by providing rescue for Jonah. In the prayer, Jonah praises God for this providing. In verse two, he says, God answered me. Later on, he said, God listened to my cry. God heard Jonah's cry for help. For you, maybe the distance that you feel from God this morning is not geographical. It's internal. Maybe you don't feel physically lost, but you feel so far away from God in your heart. So listen to this church, wherever you find yourself, no matter how far away from God you feel this morning, God hears you. Jonah's prayer teaches us that no matter how despondent, how hopeless we feel, God will always hear our prayers. So though we may sometimes believe this lie that we've run too far away or made too many mistakes for God to hear us, this is not true. Even when we distance ourselves from him, God hears us. Commentator Matthew Henry puts it this way. He says, Jonah was here in confinement. The belly of the fish was his prison and was a close and dark dungeon to him. Yet there... He had freedom of access to God and walked at liberty in communion with him. The last question that we will answer and hopefully find the answer from our text this morning is, how will God respond? So first we know what we are supposed to do. We're called to pray. Pray honestly, pray openly, even use scripture if that's helpful to us. Second, we know that God hears us, that our prayers aren't just bouncing off the ceiling, that they do reach his ears. But finally, sometimes we find ourselves unsure of how God will answer us. We may worry, find ourselves consumed with anxiety because of of what we've done or failed to do in our lives. We think that God may abandon us or condemn us 
Maybe that time was the last time we think to ourselves. Maybe we think sometimes that we have sinned ourselves out of God's love for us or that he will leave us to drown in the hard situation we find ourselves in. But Jonah's prayer reminds us about God's mercy and grace towards his children. It reminds us that no matter how far away we've run or what we've done, he will always welcome us back with open arms. And we see this in Jonah's prayer. He praises God for delivering him from drowning in the sea, for showing him amazing grace and mercy. In verses 5 and 6, Jonah says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. At the end of his prayer, as we've read, Jonah quotes the Psalms to say, salvation comes from the Lord. This is a prayer of celebration. Even when he's in the belly of a fish, he recognizes that it is God who has delivered him, that it is God who has saved us. By many of our standards, and even by Jonah's own standard, he didn't deserve this rescue. There was nothing he had done to earn this deliverance. But when Jonah is unfaithful, God proves himself to be faithful to Jonah. When Jonah is disobedient, God extends mercy. When Jonah runs away, God pursues him. Uh, commentator J.M. Boyce says this, Jonah deserved death, not deliverance. And yet God graciously delivered him by special intervention so that Jonah had to recognize the greatness of God's compassion, praise him for it, and recognize his reliance on God alone. This story in scripture has many of the same themes as another story that you've likely heard before that we're going to read together this morning, the parable of the lost son in Luke chapter 15. Let's read this story together. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and yet I am here starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while they were still a long, he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. In the same way that the lost son ran away from his father, Jonah ran away from his father. In the same way that the lost son came back home asking for help when he was desperate, Jonah cried out to his father when he thought he would die. And in the same way, that the father in this parable extends mercy to his son and welcomes him back home with a celebration, God extends grace to Jonah by saving his life. The theme of God's grace can be found throughout all of scripture, including in the Old Testament, including in the book of Jonah. At the end of our passage, after three days and three nights inside of the fish, Jonah is brought back onto dry land. He is saved from death because of God's mercy and grace. And as we'll read in future weeks, he is given a new opportunity to obey God's command. Now, if you've read the New Testament, if you've read through the Gospels, then the idea of someone coming back after three days may sound a little bit familiar. So while the story of Jonah on its own teaches us about the grace of God, it also points us to Jesus himself. In the Gospels, we read that Jesus died on the cross, was buried for three days, and rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. Jonah is a story of salvation because this is always God's story. In this passage, God showed grace and mercy to Jonah and the amazing truth that we celebrate this morning is that God has shown grace and mercy to each of us through the death of Christ. In Ephesians 1, Paul reminds the church in Ephesus that in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Whereas Jonah experienced mercy and grace for himself, Christ's sacrifice on the cross makes a way for all of us to experience this same grace. And friends, as we close, this is the simple truth of the gospel. No matter what you've done, no matter if you've been disobedient to God, no matter how far away you've run from him, and no matter how far away from him you feel today, he loves you. And he is eager to welcome you back into relationship with him because of his grace and mercy. Friends, if we have accepted Christ, then we have been made right with God. So we have forgiveness for our sins, a relationship with him, and hope in life with him forever. God's grace does not run out, no matter how many mistakes we've made. And our passage reminds us that God has always been faithful to his children, even when they have been disobedient. 
May this be an encouragement to us in all seasons of our lives. And may this bring us to a place of thankfulness, just as it did for Jonah, just as Jonah praises God in his prayer. As I invite the band to come up for one last song, would you join me in closing in prayer? Father, thank you for this morning. And thank you, God, for this truth that we read about in your word. Thank you that through Christ's death, you have provided grace and mercy to us. For those of us who have accepted Christ, Lord, we are free from sin. We are forgiven. We have experienced this amazing grace, the same kind of grace that you showed Jonah. We don't deserve it. There's no way we can earn it. Jonah certainly didn't deserve it. And we know that we don't either. And yet, like the father in the parable, you welcome us back with open arms. You throw a party when we turn back to you. So this morning, Lord, maybe for the first time, we turn to you. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We acknowledge that we simply do not deserve it. And yet we stand in awe. We praise you for how you have made a way, for how gracious and merciful you are. Thank you for this truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening with us. For more information about our church or upcoming services and events, please visit us at grantmemorial.ca or on social media at at grantmemorialchurch.com.